Hello and welcome. I'm so glad to be back on campus after my internship. And now we have access to all the students who have gotten into the second year of their MBA. I have talked to a few people about this podcast and my initiative. And Caleb Livingston, who is my good friend, has volunteered to be on this episode. So let's just talk to him, get to know him a little better and find out what he has in store for us. So I'm here with Caleb, Caleb Livingston, who is a good friend of mine since past year. Uh, and we're going to talk about his life till now and what he plans to do in the future. So Caleb, just tell us a little bit about yourself. A little bit about myself. So my name is, you mentioned, is Caleb Livingston. Uh, I grew up here in Phoenix, Arizona. I went to school in, uh, at a school in Idaho called BYU-Idaho. Um, interesting fact, when I was going to school there, I served a mission for, our church, for my church in Madagascar. So I learned to speak Malagasy. That was kind of fun. Um, let's see, after school, I worked for a company called Avery Dennison. Worked there for about four and a half years in a couple different jobs in their supply chain department. Uh, before coming back here to ASU for my MBA. All right, so what was your experience at Avery Dennison like? Um, so Avery Dennison, for the majority, probably 99% of you that don't know, is a large label and packaging uh, company. They have the world's largest um, share of label and packaging material, specifically around pressure-sensitive labels. Uh, so I can get really nerdy about that if you'd like, but... Uh, long story short, um, my job there was uh, when I first started in what they called their Global Operations Leadership Development Program. So they would hire students out of college that they thought had potential leadership uh, skills that they could leverage in their organization in the future. My first role was called a service programs analyst. Uh, in that role, it was my job to take the requests that sales and marketing got from their customers and essentially do a financial cost analysis for our supply chain and determine how much that would cost and make a recommendation. Uh, after that, I was a demand planner, so I was in charge of all of the uh, forecasts for our product lines and ensuring that we had accurate forecasts. Um, and that's the role that I was in until I left. So you said you were in a leadership program. Why did you decide to go and do your MBA? Why did I decide to come out of that leadership development right. program? So the leadership development program there was a little bit over two years. Um, and Avery is a great company. Um, I like the people I was working with. Um, but I wanted to, when I started looking at my managers and my career path, everyone had an MBA. Mm -hmm. And when I started talking to, to my manager, he's like, yeah, you need to get your MBA. And I've got a family. I've got two little girls and a wife. And the option that they gave to me was to, to do a part-time program at uh, a school in Cleveland, Ohio, which um, it would have put a significant strain on my family and my kids, and I didn't want to do that. So that's why I came back to a full-time program. And how did you decide to come to ASU? Uh, basically because of the supply chain program. So I targeted schools that uh, were in the top five uh, for supply chain, and uh, given the fact that ASU is close to where my family lives, 
it's a top rated school it was a, a fairly easy choice for me but okay yeah. and now that you've come to do a full-time program how do you think your family has taken that mm-hmm. given that you're giving more time to them hopefully <laughs> um so it's different right so being in a full-time program my hours are not as fixed as they were when i was working full-time you guys all know that I'm working evenings sometimes around the weekends when, and, and occasionally I'll be home at lunch or weird things like that. Um, but but they seem to be handling it pretty well. Uh, I, I haven't heard any complaints yet, so we'll, we'll see about that. Cool. So you're doing your supply chain concentration and you've also added on a business analytics? Correct. Is that correct? Okay. And how did you decide to add this one on? So the big trend in supply chain right now is uh, digital transformation, right? So um, supply chains are moving from being really heavily focused on ERP systems and spreadsheets to creating insights from the data that they have in ways that um, humans couldn't necessarily develop themselves. Uh, And having that ability to understand that process and to do to a limited extent that the modeling myself and become more comfortable with, with data and in understanding where, where that trend is going, I think is gonna position me better uh, for a future in supply chain than had I simply done the supply chain concentration itself. I've seen that you've become the president of the MBA <laughs> with supply chain club. Yeah. Uh, how has that experience been so far? It's been a lot of fun, actually. So. Um, I think my favorite thing about being the president of the club is I get the opportunity to provide opportunities for other students to learn and to grow in ways that I wish I had been able to grow um, in my undergrad. So we've got a couple cool activities coming up. They haven't completely been uh, firmed up yet, but the two ones that I'm most excited about beyond our normal kickoff and things like that, we've got... um, APIX, ISM, and CSCMP, which are professional organizations uh, here in uh, Arizona and in the nation, coming to the school to do a presentation, help our students sign up and teach us about certification, which I'm pretty excited about. And then the other one that I'm really excited about, we're partnering with DEMA to do a blockchain, not quite hackathon, but but kind of event so that students get hands-on learning about what a blockchain is and how it works. So that in the future, when when uh, potentially they're given the opportunity to implement a blockchain solution to supply chain problem, they will know what that means and can take the lead on the project. Okay. And what about the overall first year experience that you've had at ASU? Uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. I, I stretched and I grew in ways that I hadn't anticipated, um, which I which I'm very grateful for that opportunity. I think my my um, favorite part was all the people I met and, and how open-minded everyone is in the program um, and how willing they are to challenge you in ways that, you know, I feel like in mainstream society, people are not willing to, to press you on certain things. Um, and then obviously my internship, I got to intern at Dell. That was a, a great opportunity as well. So yeah, question, so. We'll talk more about Dell in a little bit. Okay. But uh, what about your favorite course so far? My favorite course? Eftekar, his class. Logistics. logistics class. I love that. I, I don't feel like the title of the course does it justice. So um, basically in that class, having the opportunity to understand how supply chain supported strategy and how 
you could think about the theory in supply chain and then operationalize it was was fantastic. I love that. Great. Uh, any experiences outside of school with the people in school? <laughs> uh, let's see. Experiences outside of school. I mean, I have to say the stuff that I do with you showing them on the <laughs> entrepreneurial stuff and just goofing around, that's probably my favorite thing. All right, good. Okay, now let's get to the internship experience. Okay. How did you get your job at Dell? And then later, maybe your experience while you were working there. Yeah, so um, Dell came to campus to recruit. I networked with the people that were coming here a little bit, not very extensively. I just kind of connected with them on LinkedIn and looked at their profiles a little bit. Um, and then I submitted an application through the VPC Connect, and they interviewed me. And uh, one thing led to another. That's how I got the internship. There wasn't a, a lot of um, other things going on. It was pretty simple. Was it one of your target companies? Yeah, so I had three companies that I really wanted to work for, um, and Dell was, was one of those three. Um, and Dell, in fact, is one of the companies I've wanted to work for since my undergrad, so I was really excited for that opportunity. Okay, so what was your job over there, your role, and how did you accomplish that? So I worked uh, in procurement at Dell, specifically on the CPU side. So um, as most of you know, Intel is the world's largest manufacturer of CPUs. They have like 90-something percent of the market share, uh, and Dell's CPU procurement team is responsible for that relationship. So I worked with them on um, rationalizing our portfolio of CPUs. What CPUs did we want to incorporate into our products and creating a methodology to do that analysis. Um, so it was a nice blend of the things that I learned in, in business analytics and also in supply chain to model the costs associated with things and then use the stats and the, the modeling work. So it is a company that you would recommend other people to join? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. And let me give you actually the reason why I would recommend Dell. So, sure. <clears throat> so um, Dell, if you look at supply chain history, Dell has always been one of the um, emergent leading centers of excellence. You name the buzzword. They, they live and breathe supply chain. The supply chain organization is very strong there. So if you want to be on the cutting edge of supply chain and learn the strategies and theories and and look out not just five years but 10 15 years and look what that landscape looks looks like there's there's a better place in the world than dell awesome <laughs> that actually blows my mind well, that's great maybe you'll give me a good bonus for saying that <laughs> sure um so going into the second year what is your expectation out of the second year so once I locked down a full-time job, so let's just assume that that, that isn't a concern. Um, so, so I'm really excited about uh, the opportunities that we have in our second year to have more electives and be a little bit um, selective with the classes that we take and structure things as we feel we need to, uh, which, which I'm really excited about. I wouldn't say that there's specific courses that I'm really looking forward to necessarily, but um, but I'm really looking forward to having a little bit more flexibility to pursue some of my other interests as well, um, just with time and team that, that uh, are going to be a little bit reduced, so that'll be fun. And where do you see yourself, like, 10 years into the future? Ah, 10 years in the future. It would be great to say living on a beach somewhere, but that's not going <laughs> to happen. I don't know. So, so I'd love to be working at Dell or a company like Dell that's a supply chain thought leader. Um working on uh, new strategies to, to 
come to that rising complexity of the world uh, and variability um, and helping those companies kind of find the optimal balance between flexibility and, uh, and cost. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I'm pretty relaxed when it comes to 10-year plans. I probably should be more specific, but my mindset is let me focus on building skill sets that I think are marketable to a, a wider range of things in the future and then um, find opportunities as they present themselves. I think that's all right because most of us are like that. We <laughs> don't have long-term you know, visibility as to what we're going to do. But uh, I just talk about a few other things uh-huh. apart from this. So what are your hobbies when you have time? Apart from giving time to your family, what else do you do? Uh, you know, the, the thing that I do for fun that I find myself naturally doing, and I'm not very good at this, I just like doing it, is I'm, I like to look at different things in the world, trends, and just kind of see what the business opportunities are, right? They're stupid little things, but I, I enjoy doing it. They don't amount to anything, but I, <laughs> but I enjoy it. So, for example, um, my, my wife and I, my wife and I, our anniversary is coming up. And so we're looking at um, different things that I could give for my wife. Uh, and there's this company where you can go on and you can get maps uh, that kind of are, are of a specific place and you can put comments in. So, you know, I was thinking, what can I do with that? How, how much money are they making? Could I copy that? <laughs> Not going to happen, obviously, because it's very complex. But, but I find myself um, doing that a lot, like on the train, looking at different things like that. And that's what I enjoy. Cool. You have any pet peeves? Pet peeves? Yeah. Oh, you probably know my pet peeves better than I do. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let's see. I'm sure I've got a ton. I just can't think of any at the moment. We can't. Do you want to answer this? or? No, I mean, I'm comfortable <laughs> answering. I'm just trying to think of what. Yeah, sure. Let's see. You know, one thing that drives me crazy, if, if um, people lie to me about something and I know it and they don't own up to it, that drives me crazy. Okay. Um, I, I hate that. It's happened to me professionally where somebody will say something to me, you know, and, and either you go and get the data yourself and you say, hey, I know that you saw this. I know you're lying to me. That just it drives me up a wall. I don't know if I'd say that's a pet peeve, though. I just assume <laughs> that people are ethical. Okay. Maybe loud gum chewing. That drives me crazy. Is sure. that a good, good yeah. example? Uh, you have any particular likes and dislikes? You can talk about anything. Mm, likes and dislikes. Uh, let's see. Things that I enjoy, things that I like. I mean, food. Maybe I'll say food. I, mean, I guess. Like this, but <laughs> I don't know if this is where it goes. I really like Indian food. Um, I really enjoy that. Dislikes. <laughs> Maybe I'd say the light rail. I don't really enjoy the light rail. I do. But you have to take it. Yeah. Okay. But. Uh, the uh, funny story for, for people listening, maybe they'll get a kick out of this. So it was like my, my second or third week of uh, riding the light rail. And they've got these stations with these kind of like metal structures, artwork things or whatever. And one of them had like a fountain that was coming out of it. And it's like, oh, that's cool. There's this fountain or whatever. And as I get closer, I realize it's not really a fountain. It's a guy urinating through this structure. <laughs> it's this... What is this world we live in? You know what you really need to do with your podcast, actually, is go to the light rail and interview people, <laughs> to people at the light rail. That what are they thinking? <laughs> what are they doing? It's some uh, funny stories, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. So, just a few rapid-fire questions. You don't have to think too much. What's your favorite movie? 
Favorite movie? I would have to say... Pretty lame. I don't watch a lot of movies. I, you know, what the one that missed? I saw the last that I really liked was uh, Infinity. What is it called? Avengers: Infinity War. Whatever Infinity War. Yeah, I like that movie. I'll go with that. Okay. Your favorite genre of music, and then your artist. Oh, man, I don't really listen to music either. I'm pretty boring because <laughs> this stuff. When I was a kid, I really like Garth Brooks. So okay. I'll go with that. But you know, that was like 20 years ago. Okay. And your favorite book, if you read. Oh, favorite book? Yeah. Oh, I've got lots of those. Let's see. I really liked All Quiet on the Western Front when I was younger. That was an interesting book. Um, Lean Startup, that's a really good book. I really mm-hmm. enjoy that. Um, and then there's a book, well, you guys will know this. Um, well, uh, never mind. Forget that. Let's just go with those two. <laughs> okay. Do <laughs> you have a favorite TV show or something you watch regularly? Uh, favorite TV show. You know what? Actually, okay, this is weird, and I don't know the name of it, but I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll give you two. So I don't watch too much TV, um, but I'll give you two shows. So one, one is Alone. It's this thing on the History Channel where people like go off in the middle of nowhere by themselves and have to live there, and that's really only fun for one reason. It's because uh, people started to go crazy, and it's interesting to see the evolution of people's like mental state over time and what brings them to their breaking point. So that's interesting. The second one, and this is really weird, but I really enjoy this. I think it's called 60 Days In. Have I told you about that? No. Okay. So 60 Days In, I promise you I don't just love it because of the prison aspect of this. There are other reasons. But what what they do is they got volunteers to go into prison uh, to just live the experience for 60 days and to see how long that they would, could last in there and what they could learn about the prison to help reform prisons throughout the country, blah, blah, blah. Um, but what's really fascinating about that is within a few minutes of these people talking about who they are, you can figure out who's going to last and who's not. And then um, to watch them try and integrate into this prison, I think I've learned more about leadership watching that show and watching people integrate into prison than I have in any class I've taken. So uh, it's fascinating. It's pretty interesting. Moral of the story, if you want to survive in prison and in general, be quiet for a long time and just be really friendly. And eventually you'll kind of find yourself at the top because other people go nuts and people don't like them and they don't like travel. Pretty fun. Watch it. It's good. <laughs> All right. Are you supposed to be like a, like a stranger to everyone and people will be just wondering how you are? So, so this is what happens. So like, so I'll give you two examples. So, so the guy who was probably the most successful was like a former Marine, right? So he shows up into this prison in Atlanta, Georgia, and he just kind of sits by himself for a little while. And then he starts playing basketball with people. He doesn't say anything to anybody. He just plays basketball and he's kind of relaxed with it. And they all think he's hilarious because he's this white guy that looks super nerdy but can play basketball. And he doesn't really look like this big physical threat. So he like becomes like best buds with like all the gang leaders in the prison, and they just open the doors to him, right? So that's he just he didn't really do anything. So other example, other extreme. There's this guy who was a teacher, and I don't remember where he was from. But he came out and he just started talking about how smart he was, about all these things, and he like wore, he wore some like nicer glasses and thing, and had a nice haircut when he went in there, and he just did not look like, you know, your typical prisoner. And they spotted that so quick, and they were just, they ate him alive, man. Uh-oh. He went crazy and had to leave. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's a great, great, uh, great learning right. tool. <laughs> so. So we've come kind of 
close to the end of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Just want to ask what your advice would be to the incoming first years or just whoever's wanting to wanting to do their MBAs. Yeah, so advice to first years or anybody else who's looking to, to do your MBA. So all 100 of you or however many you there are, anyone who's applying will have different things. But let me tell you what I found successful for me. So I'm a pretty um, easily excited person. I get really excited about stupid things really quickly. Um, and uh, I probably have a pretty big ego <laughs> as well. And so the, the combination of those two things made it really difficult for me to relax and to enjoy the experience and approach things with an open mind for the first, I don't know, let's say a couple weeks, maybe a month of the program. And I think had I just open, been more open to the program at the beginning and to um, calming down, I think it would have been a lot more valuable and I would have enjoyed it more. So that would be my advice. Just relax. Hope that helps out. I hope it helps everyone who's listening. <laughs> All right. And how would you like your peers to remember you once you're done? You know, that's a funny question because a lot of people w- want to be remembered for these really big deals or whatever. And, you know, I have to accomplish all these things. I don't really want people, this sounds stupid, but I don't necessarily want people to remember me. I want them to remember things that I did. So I'd rather them say, hey, it was really cool when we did X, Y, and Z and not know that I had a hand in doing that. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so, so really what I want people to remember me for is just being someone that they could count on, a good team member, and that's it. Okay. Yeah. And how would uh, people get in touch with you? you have any social media handles? LinkedIn professionally would be the best way to do it. Okay. Yeah, I don't have any other handles. <laughs> All right. Pretty lame when it comes to social media. So. Okay. So that was the end of our podcast for today. Uh, I'd like to thank you a lot to being one of our first or uh, the early adopters. Yeah, and it's fun. Yeah. We'll keep in touch with our listeners whenever they get in touch with you. Do Again, many thanks to Caleb for volunteering on this podcast. We will be improving the podcast as time goes on and we get more experience. I'd like to invite everyone who's listened to this to give us a short review or some feedback so that we can incorporate that and improve this podcast. Thank you so much. See you next time.